You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Breaking down another blowout win here on today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I am your host, Brendan Clean. You can follow our show on Twitter and on Instagram at Locked On PHX Suns, and you can follow me on Twitter at Brendan Clean 14. Recapping the Portland victory, the Suns' victory over the Trailblazers tonight, 132 to 100. A massive win, uh, both in size and in importance. We will break all of it down as we do after every single contest here on the show. But if you're new, I'm sure we have some first-time listeners as the Suns go on this yet another streak. They're winners of 9 of 10, have won 3 straight, 20-10 and 10 record. Really incredible after 30 games, winning 66%, 67% of their contests. So welcome to any new folks turning in, tuning in for the first time. It's been an exciting season. If you're not familiar with me, again, my name is Brendan Clean. I host this show, and I also cover the team for SB Nation, Forbes, and cover the broader NBA over at Dime, Front Office Sports, all over the place, and am happy to join you today to recap this game, to talk Suns with you. I hope you guys are excited. It's been, man, I was... I wasn't concerned after the the Nets game when they they let that lead slip. I didn't think that spelled any sort of doom for this team, but uh, with some tough West games coming ahead, I did kind of wonder if if we might see them slip a slip in a couple, lose a couple of these. They they didn't lose any of these. They play the Hornets on Wednesday. They play the Bulls on Friday. So it's looking to be another opportunity to put some some wins together, pile up wins, as Chris Paul likes to say, and maybe go on another streak here. But we will break this one down and uh, maybe talk about some some signs of things to come. But again, 132-100, the Suns emerge victorious over the Portland Trailblazers. And I usually use this spot to break down the most important section of a game. And I'm going to do that here, but because it would it became a blowout. There's not a, a key, you know, late game stretch or some sort of crunch time situation to break down. I'm really just going to walk you through the beginning and, and some of the ways that the Suns were able to exploit Portland and, and walk away with this game. So as I'm sure many of you were aware of heading into this one, CJ McCollum is hurt. He has a fracture on his right foot, has been out for several weeks. He's actually probably closer to being back now than than uh, than to when he got hurt. He's, he's almost done, but he's still not in the lineup. And Gary Trent Jr. has finally been starting. They, they did some funny stuff with different guys in and out of there for a while, but they've settled on Trent. You would think, you know, Gary Trent, a, a third-year player, if I'm remembering correctly. I think his defense is a little bit overrated. I think in the bubble, the way he shot the ball and the fact that he sort of looks like a 3-and-D player makes us think he is, but I I don't think the facts bear that out. And I think Terry Stotts agrees because what we saw in this game, despite Trent being in there, despite Derek Jones being in there, Robert Covington, some athletic defensive options, uh, Devin Booker uh, was defended by Damian Lillard in this game. You heard that right. Yes, Damian Lillard defended Devin Booker to open this game. That was the go-to matchup to begin the game. That was not off of a switch or off of a 
foul trouble situation or an injury that happened, that was the game plan for the Trailblazers heading into the game. It makes really no sense at all. I'm not exactly sure. You know, Monty Williams did the courteous, gentlemanly thing that he's apt, uh, that he's uh, tends to do in those moments by complimenting Lillard for taking on a matchup like that. And I suppose that's fine, but it was clearly the wrong decision because what we saw is that Booker went off really immediately. He was six of seven. His He made six of his first seven shots, Made scored 17 points in the first quarter and just exposed Lillard, just, just really took him to task. There was nothing. It's not even a, a really a criticism to me, and I guess that's maybe what Monty was sort of getting at is that it wasn't Lillard's fault. The fact that he accepted that matchup and did what he could is, I guess, all he really could be expected to do. But I don't know what the Trailblazers coaching staff was thinking here. And obviously, you know, for many of you listening to this, who cares, right? (laughs) The Suns definitely attacked it and benefited from it and won the first quarter 32-26 to directly as a result. But makes no sense to me. Uh, It really doesn't. We saw... Booker again, six of seven to start the game, made his first six six of his first seven shots and scored seventeen points. But on the on the other side, we saw the Suns clearly came ready for what was going to be ahead of them. Damian Lillard has been playing like an MVP candidate, has been lifting the Blazers to wins that they had no business capturing while McCollum has been out. And don't even forget, also, it's not just McCollum, and that's the latest one, but no Zach Collins, no Yusuf Nurkic, and no even Harry Giles, who was a, a free agency acquisition. So they're playing some guys like Nasir Little and all that. So we know Damian Lillard was going to be asked to do a lot. The Suns came ready for that. They had Mikhail Bridges doing his, you know, Luka defense sort of performance here. Not, I think people say 94 feet. It's it's very rarely like actually that, which is just, I guess, a pet peeve. It's just funny to me. We we want it to sound incredible, so we say 94 feet. He's, that, that's silly. You're not going to make a guy tired like that, but he's picking him up around half court, learning the lessons of some games last year where the Suns were not very smart about those, those pickup points and allowed guys to get hot. Trey Young, Lillard himself, a lot of those players. So they did a better job. Even Goran Dragic, I remember burning them on that. So you saw Bridges picking Lillard up early, making life hard on him, making him give the ball up. They had Aiton blitzing, all these different things. The Suns came into this game ready for the fact that if they could stop Lillard or as Booker said, cut the head off the snake of the Portland offense, that they could effectively neutralize this team and and win the game pretty capably. And they did. Of course, it worked. Uh, Just a very, very stark difference between how the two teams attacked things to start this game. Just the Suns completely dominating a very peculiar decision by Terry Stotts to have his star player who's much much shorter than Booker giving up like six inches seven inches uh and the Suns using their best defender to stop the opposing team's best guy so very odd decision there um and then a couple other things in this first quarter that we saw were that Robert Covington got tangled up with Dario Saric on a loose ball sort of rebound situation his face got dinged up and he was didn't play his usual minutes. He did come back in the game, but uh, was not much of a, a contributor tonight. Six points, five rebounds, four turnovers. Really tough night for him. And then the same thing for Lillard. He also banged knees with Cam Johnson late in this first quarter and kind of laid on the ground for a bit trying to collect himself, was, was stumbling, kind of hobbling around a little while, laboring, you know. 
had a typical Damian Lillard game when all was said and done, 24.7 assists, but he did turn the ball over six times, didn't get on the glass, didn't get to the basket as much as he tends to. Um, So my assumption is that that impacted him. We'll have to, I guess, sort of see if tomorrow's injury report has Damian Lillard on it. I think that'll tell us more than anything we saw tonight, but those kind of decisions where Booker gets hot immediately, Lillard's kept in check for the most part, and then two of their best players, maybe their two best players right now in Lillard and Covington, both get dinged up, and that was a recipe for very, very good things on the Sun side for the rest of the game. They win that first quarter by six, win the second quarter by three, go up nine at halftime, and then just blow the top off of everything in the third quarter. So uh, I think this beginning really set the tone for how Portland got out to a slow start and weren't able to overcome it. Just a real mistake by Terry Stotts. I don't know what else to say. Monty Williams certainly won that matchup, that duel on the coaching seat tonight. And I guess uh, just another another plus that we're seeing from the Suns team is uh, some coaching decisions like that. You guys all love to criticize Monty Williams, so you have to give me the spot to to give him some kudos every so often when he deserves them. We'll get into some of the other good stuff we saw tonight, including a little more on Booker. Got to give the guy his due tonight, as well as DeAndre Ayton's big quarter and a little bit more on the our big game and then a little bit on the defense in that third quarter, courtesy of Terry Stotts. Before that, though, a quick break to tell you about the first sponsor of our show, Rock Auto. I'm... Hearing as we get, I apparently, I, I don't even want to believe we're getting hotter in Arizona because I dread what that might mean for my car, but I'm already hearing the way that the heat is wearing on the engine in my car. It's already sort of lurching to a start and making all the kinds of noises we all hate to hear, and I can't imagine having to put more work into this thing and how much it's going to cost me. We all know that feeling. We try to save money by doing stuff ourselves and it comes back to bite us because we can't find the parts that we need for an affordable price. Well, Rock Auto solves that problem for you. Rock Auto does not charge you based on what the market indicates or what they can charge you to make the most money off of you. They charge you the same thing every single time, every single customer, and they have a whole assortment of products that really cover you for anything you need. So tons of inventory, tons of selection, and low prices. That's what you need to know about Rock Auto. It's a family business having served auto parts customers online for 20 years. It has an easy-to-navigate catalog online, and you don't even need an account to sign in. Go check out whatever you need from a motor oil refill to brake parts to something maybe more sophisticated like whatever my engine might eventually need. Best of all, once again, those prices are going to be reliably low for you, and they're going to be the same as a professional mechanic who were to log in and search the same product. They would get the same price as you. You're not going to be nickel and dimed. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Back here to celebrate a few more of the positives from tonight's game against the Portland Trailblazers. Again, that 132 100 victory. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to tell you 
about Locked On today, our wonderful new daily show, even shorter than my ramblings here on this. They get you all the sports news you need in less time than it takes me to talk about the Suns. Imagine. Imagine that. It's a great show. Peter Bukowski is the host. He's an experienced sports journalist and really knows his stuff across all of the different layers of this industry and knows all the sports stories to a T. Great, great job he does. And right now, a ton of NBA talk just about every day on the show. We, we did a MVP debate week last week with Rudy Gobert getting some praise and all sorts of fun stuff every single day. Check it out. All right. Positives from this one. I got to give some love to Devin Booker really quickly, and then I want to play you a clip from Terry Stotts praising the Suns' defense and, in particular, uh, DeAndre Ayton and Jay Crowder. So we'll get into that in a moment, but Devin Booker was just on another level tonight, and you can't not talk about him. The few things I, in particular, wanted to point out, though— um, First of all, I just want to continue to highlight that. So Chris Paul had a quiet night tonight. Two points, one of nine from the field, but he did have nine assists. And that's where I want to key in. 13 assists to just three turnovers for these guys. They're not quite at the level that we saw from Rubio and and Booker because the ball moved just a tad more last year than it is this year. And that's understandable. You have more overall scoring talent this season between Booker, Paul, Bridges coming alive a little bit as a scorer, and then even like a guy like Dario Saric who can create his own shot or campaign, some of those players. So it's not quite at that level where you're needing to have the ball ricochet everywhere in order to get a good shot. So it's a little down, but the turnovers, man, are pretty ridiculous uh, to keep them so low, even with all that said. And so I, I wanted to highlight that as a particularity about this game. Partially, you know, probably as a result of Booker seeing a lot of time against Damian Lillard and Gary Trent, who are not, as I explained in that first segment, all that impressive on the defensive end of the floor. But that's been a trend all, really all month, if not longer. And so uh, that's a big part of why they've been successful. And they're not getting themselves into bad defensive situations. They're making teams take the ball out of the basket on their offensive possessions a lot of the time by not taking bad shots, bad long jumpers can create rebounds that get going the other way. Obviously turnovers can do the same. So I think that's been a huge help and it's allowing the pace to slow down a little bit. It's allowing them to get comfortable. It's allowing the Suns to just control the tempo of things. And that's where we saw Booker really shine as well. He was uh, 12 of 17 from the field, as I said, made both of his threes, which were pretty ridiculous threes. Uh, he made a, a lot of impressive shots. This this efficiency did, should not make you think that everything he did was easy tonight, by no means. He had a baseline jumper, I think, at the end of the first half at that buzzer. It was either the first quarter or the first half. He made a, a buzzer beater there. He made a three with two guys in his face in the third quarter. That was just absurd. Uh, he had a finish in the... Uh, actually, I think it was at the end of the second quarter, right before that buzzer-beating fall-away baseline jumper, where the Suns' offense had sort of bogged down a little bit for a couple possessions. I mean, yeah, they were still playing well, but they really just needed something from somebody, and he's on the floor with no Paul, I believe, and gets the ball off of a ball reversal, just kind of passing it around. No one wants to shoot. No one wants to shoot. Booker just 
drives it with a full head of steam, finishes an and one against Ennis Cantor, and uh, really brought the offense back to life, got the arena popping a little bit. So he did a lot of difficult stuff and was that efficient. Made Had twice as many points as field goal attempts. I just can't state that enough. That is an insane thing to do. It would be like, okay, yeah, if you get six points on three shots, that's one. That's that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a 30-point game where the guy basically had two points for every time he put a shot up. That's incredible. The other thing that that leads me to, which was the other big sort of highlight positive of this night for Booker, is that he got to the line consistently. Not only that and one against Cantor, I believe he had another and one at one point and got to the line overall eight times, made all eight of his free throws and... Like we talked about it with Brandon on Monday's show, and I think it bears repeating, which is that's sort of maybe one of the last frontiers, if you want to call it that, that this offense might need to crack is getting even easier shots. Because we know they can get to the basket every so often if they need to. Guys like Paul and Booker, Sharich, Bridges, those guys can get to the rim. Obviously, we know DeAndre Ayton's capable of there, whether he's being fed or sometimes as a post player. Um, but we need to see them to really feel awesome about them, especially as a playoff offense, you need to be able to get to the line. Like there's just going to be moments where getting that, having that ability to get easy, you know, bankable shots at the free throw line is just going to be the best shot in a possession. I mean, that's just what happens in the playoffs sometimes. And so the fact that we saw that from Booker tonight was a new little wrinkle. He's been on a tear for, for, you know, weeks at this point, basically, so it's not anything new that he scored so well, but that little part of this was good to see. And the fact that he was able to see, okay, I have Lillard on me or I have Trent on me, but not only that, Cantor's at the basket. We know his history with Ennis Cantor, so he needed no reminding of uh, what he could do as far as damage inside. They don't even really have a backup center right now in, in Portland. So all in all, a smart, efficient, and well-played offensive game by Devin Booker just a master class really uh and and indicative that he's not just content with you know his normal course of business he was doing different things attacking Portland in a specific way based on what they were showing him and that's the mark of a great scorer is that he can do it in different ways he doesn't have to have the same kinds of shots to be effective he can take more threes some nights take less he can get to the free throw line or he cannot. All these different things and all the while not turning the ball over at all. So that's enough on Booker. But I wanted to play you this clip really quickly from Terry Stotts, the head coach of the Portland Trailblazers, just talking about uh, the overall defense that the Suns played tonight. We'll do that right after a quick break. The second sponsor of today's show is Bet Online. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Maybe you're into some other sport that I don't know about because I only talk to you about the NBA, but you secretly are like a big cricket fan, or maybe you really just love the EPL. I have no idea. Go check out not only the NBA odds, not only college basketball and the NHL, which are all in full swing here, but whatever you're interested in, Bet Online will have it. They even cover stuff like awards, TV shows, reality TV. I'm binging on catching up on my Oscar movies because I'm a big Oscars guy. And with stuff coming out on all these different streaming platforms, I've lost track. Go to Bet Online, bet on those, get ahead of people before everyone starts to see the movies. If you saw something you know is going to win, go over there and do that. There's real-time, updated odds on almost anything you can imagine. And best of all, BetOnline is free to sign up. 
So not only is it the best place to place a bet, it's free to do so. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That is all one word, the name of our show. Use the promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit and get that bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, closing out the show, I want to play you that Terry Stotts clip. But first, wanted to remind you about the More Than the Game series that we are featuring here on the network this month. February's Black History Month and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Right now, you can hear Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, without further ado, I've been plugging it for a while. Terry Stotts on the Suns' defense and, in particular, how they stopped Portland in that third quarter. Well, I think you saw tonight, I thought uh, DeAndre Ayton had an impact on the game. I think Chris Paul is, has always been uh, an excellent defensive guard. I mean, he's smart, he's got good hands, uh, he, can, he demands that of his teammates. So I think he certainly is an impetus for that. And Jay Crowder is an excellent defender as well. So I think they, they bringing in Crowder and bringing in uh, Chris Paul and Aiden gaining the experience, I think that all has really helped them. Personally, I just think it's nice sometimes to hear from somebody that's not just in this echo chamber that the Suns' defense is to be respected and to be taken seriously. And the impact that we're seeing all of the new additions have and, and the way that DeAndre Aiden is anchoring this thing, like... Yes, I explained how Portland's overall uh, philosophy going into this game was a, a problem and a mistake on their part. But at the same time, this is a team that's been really hot lately, has put on some incredible offensive performances. It wasn't too long ago da- that Damian Lillard had 43-16. and 16. Those 16 assists had to go somewhere. And uh, his 43 obviously were, were a far cry from what he did tonight, just scoring 24. So this defense deserves a lot of credit. And continues to deserve a lot of credit. The team defense overall, Chris Paul was really, really good in the first half on the team defensive stuff. He's been excellent for a while now. He's, I think, showing his health and and physical sort of readiness recently, just like he is on offense on the defensive end. You know, the Pelicans game, he got a few steals in. He got a steal in this one, just swarming Damian Lillard and swallowing up the, the ball right out of his hands, uh, just making the, the types of plays as a help defender we've come to expect. So with that combined with, uh, with Portland's or with, with Aiton's ability to, to control Portland at the rim, I think a lot of good stuff happened. 32% less than one-third of uh, Portland shots tonight came at the rim. That's courtesy of, of cleaning the glass. And we just saw an all-around performance like – it's so interesting to watch this team because they do not rack up steals. They do not rack up blocks at quite the same level that you might think of for an elite defense. Aiton did get two blocks tonight, which is good to see. But overall, you know, just six six steals, five blocks overall. The, the Trailblazers actually had more blocks. Like, it's just not that type of a team, and yet they're so stable. And I talked a little bit about how the offense can help the defense by not taking bad shots and not turning the ball over. And that... that 
that that is always going to be interconnected and related to one another on either side of the ball, but uh, just so impressive. And I think it's worth noting sometimes what the opposition thinks about this stuff. But most importantly, I think that brings us to DeAndre Ayton, who in 26 minutes tonight had 19 points, five rebounds, and those two blocks, like I said. And we just saw a really, really engaged version of DeAndre Ayton tonight. And I think he really made the most of his matchup with Ennis Cantor, who had 15 rebounds, which is one thing. But this that's the kind of team where their rebounding comes in large part from one guy. As a team, the, the rebounds were basically even between each. The Suns had 43, Portland had 46, not too much of a problem there. So most importantly, Cantor was 3 of 7 from the field. Both of Ayton's blocks came on Cantor and didn't get to the free throw line and just didn't play well. Four four fouls for Cantor compared to just two for Ayton. I know those two guys play differently, but a good sign there. Like He just really dominated Cantor, and, and it might sound like nothing, but again, don't underestimate this Portland team. They're made up of spare parts right now, but they've been playing really well. Cantor can really do damage if you allow him to, especially he seems to be really comfortable with Trailblazers. And so for Aiton to do that is 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 actually worth noting. And I think most importantly, these is, this is a matchup he would not have played well against in the past. Like he just did not have a handle on how to play against some of these bigger, stronger players in the past, and now he does. And Cantor is a perfect example of somebody that for Aiton particularly, just would have posed a lot of issues uh, on the glass, in the post, on offense and defense. We've seen it. Steven Adams has done it to him. Jokic has done it to him. And this season in particular, Aiton has just overcome that stuff. Like he he has a way of adjusting and, and using his strengths this season that we didn't see in years past. He did a good job on Jokic. He's done a good job. I guess against Adams, maybe not so much because the first game, the Pelicans really handed it to him, or the second game. And then this most recent one, he was matched up against Zion and Adams wasn't even active. So we'll have to see. But in this game, uh, he did a great job. The only real thing I feel like you need to ask of Aiton every night is to win his matchup and do what he's asked on both ends of the floor. He checked every single box tonight, you know, scored when he needed to, when he had opportunities to, was aggressive, was physical, played with energy, stayed committed and intent on the task at hand, and won that matchup. So the defense overall was really good. The second half, they only allowed 17 points by the Trailblazers and really blew the game out of the water in large part because of their defense. But the the sort of driver of that and the guy who benefited energy-wise from that big boost they got in that third quarter was DeAndre Ayton, and he deserves a lot of credit because I I know I can be hard on the guy, so I like to definitely make a point of saying when he has a good game, and obviously tonight there was no argument. He had a tremendous game, finished second on the team in scoring tonight, and was a big part of how they were able to just close this thing down in the third quarter, and none of the starters even had to play in the fourth. So uh, big game for Ayton. Should have an easy one ahead on Char- against Charlotte on Wednesday. So hopefully, you know, getting him some good rhythm heading into the break would be obviously nice for this team. So we'll see if he can stack up some of those performances over the next few games. That's it for me today, guys. Happy Tuesday. Enjoy the winning streak. Enjoy Wednesday's game. I'll be back with you on Wednesday morning prior to that game with Gina Mizell of Suns.com. 
She joined us about a month ago, but she's back with another story on the Chris Paul, Monty Williams relationship. So do not miss that one. I know it will be a great conversation. And we'll also talk tomorrow all-star reveal because that will come out on uh, the evening right before we are hit. We are set to record. So uh, Booker, Paul, whoever makes it, we'll have the reaction and we'll have that conversation about the story that Gina wrote. Should be great. Like I said, though, in the meantime, enjoy your Tuesday.